Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And I'm Kyle Calgren. I am here today. Yes, Kyle is back. Because I got really mad at this? Yeah, he got really mad about I this I was shocked movie. at how mad I got. Yes, and the film in question is... Wow, this was this was super recent. 2016's Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which is um, starring Tina Fey, of course. You know, she's on the poster and everything. It is directed by a team here. We've got Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. And these are the guys behind... Um, Oh, here we go. Um, these guys wrote the movie Cats and Dogs, the one where the cats and the dogs are talking. They're responsible. And they're fighting a war against each other? Yes. He, they wrote They wrote Bad Santa. Okay, so they have done war movies They're before. veterans of war movies. Yes. Right, yes. of course. Um, yeah, they wrote Bad Santa. They're responsible for the Bad News Bears remake. They wrote that. They wrote and directed I Love You, Philip Morris, which are is the one. Are they just best buds with Billy Bob I like, Thornton? I liked then? I Love You, yeah. Philip Morris. I liked I Love You, Philip um, Morris. Yeah, it's the one where um, where Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor like fall in love, and it's it's kind of cute. Um, then they did Crazy Stupid Love, which was like their big their big thing, you know, because you got your Ryan Gosling. You got your um, Steve Carell. You got your Julianne Moore, Emma Stone. Like, that was a big deal. I barely remember the movie, except that Ryan Gosling was shirtless, and that was nice. Um, so that, I feel like that speaks to the the quality of the plot. Yes. <laughs> if yeah. that's your main takeaway. I mean, yeah. Like, a I person's torso. Like, I don't think yeah. we're going to be doing it on the show, because I just don't see why we do Crazy Stupid Love, unless I rewatch it and I get really irritated, and it just doesn't supersede his torso. Um, they're also responsible. You could describe his torso for an hour. <laughs> they're, they are also <laughs> responsible for, they have a, they, this is like one of the longer filmographies that we've had was cause some of these directors just haven't done shit that these guys have done. Like a lot of recent shit. They are responsible for focus that Will Smith and Margot Robbie thing where they're fucking. And they're also like, uh, uh, I don't know, bank robbers. I don't know what they do. I'm not going to read about focus. Um, yeah. they resp- <laughs> So then they did Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and then they did Storks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Okay, so Storks, Cats, and Dogs. This is a sandwich do- of animals. It starts with cats and dogs, and it ends with Storks. Yeah, well it, 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 well, it actually ends with Smallfoot, which is about yetis who are afraid that humans are coming, oh. which is basically Ice Age with yeah, yetis. Yeah, that one hasn't uh, hit theaters yet, but I remember seeing a preview for it with you when we saw Paddington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and they're also responsible for the new Harley Quinn and Joker movie that is TBA. They are right directing and producing it. And that just sounds great. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Are we... So we're trusting these guys to discuss one of the longest, if not the longest, uh, conflict in U.S. military history. Well, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. They did Cats and Dogs. That was... Uh, Actually, is it the longest conflict in U.S. military history? I need to double check that. Well, Let me I, you fact know, I check think my you're doing statement. more research than they did already. Because hey. I, mean, I mean, like, I when when I look at this filmography, what it tells me is that these are guys who do comedies that aren't really, you know, they're not trying to hit on like big issues. 
you know, that's not really their game. So it just doesn't, it really doesn't make sense that they would have anything to do with this film. And I think probably they're at least partially responsible for why it's so bad. And um, uh, also uh, the screenwriter is um, Robert Carlock, who um, was the showrunner for 30 Rock and the co-creator of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So these are... The makers of SNL are talking about... Yes, I double-checked this. It is the longest war in U.S. history. It is, in fact, still going. I mean, it, they're not makers of SNL, but, I mean, this was executive they're produced com- you're, you're by... people. They don't... But, by Lauren Michaels. Um, Lauren Michaels and Tina Fey executive produced this. So, yeah. So the people behind SNL. It's, it's, that's what I meant. And, like, before um, and, and before we put all of the onus on all of these people for choosing the wrong project, which they definitely did, the fact that the project exists to begin with is a bad idea. It's based on a book by Kim Barker called The Taliban Shuffle, Strange Days in Afghanistan and Pakistan. And I don't know who would look at that title and think, yeah, we should make this. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked, um, I'm... One of Baker. my one of my takeaways besides all of my no no, no she my, she uses a different name in the film she's Baker okay. in the film in real life she's Barker oh okay yeah she uh, just changed. yeah there's a real journalist uh, <laughs> and I I like my takeaway besides all of my big feelings about this movie and like the just the deep cringe that I have etched in my soul um, is that I want to read the actual book this was based on. Um, because I, I read an interview with the actual journalist and I mean, she gave the rights for the book. So she knew that there would be, it would get Hollywood eyes, but she said that she cringed at some of it and she should have, and she didn't, you know, have a romance when she was there. They based, they, and, and, you know, she knew that would happen because it was a Hollywood movie. So they made up the Scotsman that she winds up with the Englishman portraying they, a Scotsman they based him on one of her friends. Oh, so at least like there was a person who resembled him somehow relationship wise. Okay. Uh, but yeah. I, and she says, you know, her book is a lot more about actual journalism and foreign policy and what's actually happening abroad. Um, Wait, so they that, fucked that, with just, her. So they fucked with her book. I mean, she, she, in her, in the interview that I read, she, she said she knew that they would, you know, do what they wanted when she signed the rights. And she's not actually mad because the script, one of the script writers talked to her and was like, we're not going to, um, we're, we're going to focus on Afghanistan and we're going to make a love story happen. And, and she was like, okay, you know, because she was just like, well, this is what you're going to do. It's going to be different than my actual story. Um, okay. So it's so, the writer's so fault. She's, so she's fine. So I so think this she's is fine with it, but her. she also knows. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think, but she also, she felt a little conflicted. I mean, I read one interview, but it was a pretty good interview. Yeah. Um, she felt kind of conflicted because she thought, well, even I don't know how well this movie will be done. She trusted Tina Fey, but she was thinking anything that can get American people to actually pay attention to the fact that this is still happening. Um, but I mean, okay. it's still happening and it's great. It's, still yeah, it's just happening. party oh, town. God, right. Yeah. Kabul, it's, it's it's Vegas. It's Kabubble. Yeah. I as mean, they call it. Let's get into the Kabubble and just, uh, let's just jump in. Just <laughs> the adrenaline rush from almost dying. You know, it's so invigorating. Right, now I'm going to go like spy on my bodyguard while he works out. Okay. So we should give listeners. So, so yeah. Okay. So uh, this is the story of a woman who uh, 
has like a, I guess like a, like a, like a, like a, like a small journalist job. Like, I don't know what to call her job. Like, it's just, she's not doing the hard hitting news that she wants to be doing essentially. Right. Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. doing like local reporting, but even less than that, she's writing scripts for broadcasters about local news. Okay. Um, Yeah. So she's not excited about that because she's not like out on site reporting around the country yeah and she's uh she's with josh charles um the good wife's josh charles (laughs) um (laughs) and they speak entirely through skype i'm the only person who who knows who josh charles this is sad josh charles (laughs) has been around for such a long time and i know that he's kind of like an average looking white man but he was good on sports night and he's good on the good wife and it's 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 weird that he's here. I guess because like maybe on some level Josh Charles knows that he has like a forgettable white guy face and so he's just like let's play this character that he's basically like like Adrian Grenier in The Devil Wears Prada in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's He's just like the boyfriend that Hey Josh Charles, sucks, if you can hear this. We don't really know him and then <laughs> Eventually, you know, that falls apart. If if Josh Charles uh, is listening to this podcast, I believe in you. Follow your dream. You live that actor's life. I mean, keep chasing it. You know, Josh Charles was, you know, he's part of the the Sorkin crew. I'm sure Aaron Sorkin, I'm sure they hang. And I mean, guys, this movie has Margot Robbie and Tina Fey. It's not like he's in a movie with no one. Yeah, yeah. We might not like it, but like... Yeah, no, I mean, mean, good for him. I'm glad that he's in a movie. I kind of wish that he was like... He I had like more, yeah, yeah, that he had more to do because I actually like him, and maybe that's a weird thing because I don't know. I, I like small actors anyway. Um, no, I f- I feel like it, he should have he should have been in Afghanistan. This is a sentence I'm going to be saying. In yeah, I, weird. I I feel weird. I would have liked to have seen him like actually because this is a guy who's like this is a guy who's been in the Sorkinverse. This is a guy who can give speeches. This is a guy who can speechify at you. Like see. This is, I'm mad now because you mentioned Aaron Sorkin. Now I just wish Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay for oh, this. Oh, Aaron, you know I what? mean, it would be, you know, Sorkinist, but it would be, you know, distinctive. And uh, at least there might be some level of, like, research and nuance put into it. I talk a lot of shit about Aaron Sorkin, but Aaron Sorkin would have torn this up. Like, this oh, is God, some Aaron yeah. Sorkin material right here. That's uh, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, she's, so she's unhappy with her life. Um, but we're really not sure why, because we don't really get to see it. Like, there's a part later in the film where she's talking to Margot Robbie and um, the um, the Indian actress whose name I, I don't know because I don't remember. I don't. Did they name that character? I don't know. There's a lot going uh, on. Yeah, but uh, where is she? Like, I thought That's... she was maybe supposed to be Christopher Abbott's wife. Maybe. Actually, I'm looking at the cast. Where is she? The this I feel like the fact that none of us know her. Um, I felt a lot about this movie. I felt really bad, <laughs> and I just couldn't come up with any like enough context clues to such, figure out who she a was. White woman movie. We don't even know the name of this actress. Like, um, I she think for, like like, like if I were gonna guess, I would say that it was like Sheila Vand. Maybe is the is the actress. You're looking at Wikipedia too. Yeah, and yeah. I just yeah, I'm yeah, as Shakira El Cori. All of y'all, yeah. we're all looking at our phones right now to figure out. Because like yeah. I and I felt like in the moment I felt bad. Like I was just like oh my god here here we oh, are yeah, is, yeah i don't know who this i don't know yeah um, Sheila Van, you're right um so um so yeah she there's a part where she gives the speech to margot robbie and sheila van and she's just like she's just like you know i 
just been using this like stationary bike and then I saw a dent in the carpet and you know that's like where the bike used to be or something like it's like you can tell that it's supposed to be like her big monologue it's just like I just don't want to spend my entire life riding this stationary bike in the same place for like ever or whatever and I'm just like sitting there just like not giving a shit and then of course like Sheila Vance just like yeah that's the most white lady speech I've ever heard and it's like a great line and then Marco Robbie undercuts it by saying no like this is your badass and like and I'm just like no I kind of agree with Sheila Van like I don't know I know I was really bummed because I when she when Sheila Van said that I was like oh cool we're gonna have like a funny but real conversation about like how both Margot Robbie, you know, and and Tina Fey's characters, like, yes, they're journalists and they're doing that, but they're also treating this like they're treating a war zone like a vacation, like like they're expats. You yeah, know, like uh, yeah. Travel backpacking or something. Yeah. I just couldn't help but think they're getting drunk off the spoils of war. I mean, just yeah. the entire yeah. ecosystem, like um the society they move through, they're just being moved through layers upon layers of uh, U.S. military structure, like he being handed off to different, you know, um, that was my phone. Sorry. Professional. We will try to, everybody try to forgive Kyle. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Jordan and I can. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she keeps being passed off to different military personnel, like going down the ranks, um, all like pledged to, to her safety. So you just, this, that's the kabubble. It's just the American military presence in in there. And she never experiences, um, or at least she never, we never see her experience actual life under occupation or the Afghans. There is that one scene. Oh yeah, there's that one scene. Oh my God, so I'm mad about this. And, and I knew that I was going to be mm. mad about this. Okay, so there's a scene where like, we'll describe the setup of the scene. Okay, so they're going, they're in this um, village and they're investigating a well that's b- being constantly destroyed. Oh, a yeah. well that they dug up, that the American military dug up. And they're su- they suspected uh, Taliban in the area who were destroying the well. And then there's a scene where someone in a burqa, or is a burqa a different piece? Um, someone wearing that big blue veil, um, full body veil, just guides Tina Fey into a house and there are all these people in veils, and then we see them from behind, and they all lift up their veils, cut to black. And then we find out later um, that they, the, that yeah, you, the women of the village were destroying the well. They were, yeah, they were destroying the well because they liked walking to the river because it, they used that time to socialize. And so every single time they dig the well, they would destroy it. And it's like, it would have been a really great scene if we had seen them tell her that. Yeah, I don't instead they're just this why we didn't get to see yeah. instead they're ring rates. They just like take her into it's, a dark room and then like you whisper the black speech. You and never see any of the women's faces. You see, it's like the shot is from behind them, so you yeah. see the burkas, yeah. and then they you see the veils. It's almost like they're flashing uh, Tina Fey. <laughs> like the way that it's shot is like like showing these women's faces is akin to nudity or something. Which if if like yeah, like I, I just hated how they were erased and then Tina Fey's like, I talked to these women and it's like, fuck that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I really wanted uh, to I wanted to hear from the scene. women. Yeah, it could have been a really good scene. And I mean that's the main problem with this movie. Like this is essentially a film about uh for the listeners just I, I don't even know how to talk about the plot because there really isn't one. It's like she goes 
to uh, report stories from the war and like while she's there, she's just like constantly like drinking and partying and like cruising for dudes and like falling for. <laughs> yeah, Margot Robbie's there and Margot Robbie is like, you know, she's Margot Robbie. So she's like younger and very like. She's in her party mode. Tina Fey's still in a relationship most of the time she's there, so she doesn't actually get mm-hmm. with anyone until, like, after she's been there a few Like, months. the first thing Margot Robbie says to Tina Fey she's is... She's like, can I fuck you, a security guy? Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is so... I, a good I mean, character-establishing moment. But. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, yeah. like, and I mean, Margot Robbie and Tina Fey are, you know... They were good at playing the roles they were. It was just a really irresponsible movie. Yeah, because yeah. it was like... Like white I mean, feminism to... I wouldn't call it feminism. It was just white sh- nonsense. Well, it's just... It, it makes <laughs> like, me... It, it reminds me of like... the uh, A big criticism of like Tina Fey's comedy and like people like her's comedy is just this idea that like everything is high school and it's that one motif that we constantly see in all of her work. Like everything runs like a high school ecosystem, and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot runs like high school, and it doesn't make any sense. And it's like Tina Fey's trying, like she's like with the cool kids for the first time ever, and why the cool kids? Yes, the cool kids. Like Martin Freeman and Marco Robbie are the cool kids, and it's fucking strange. It's like he's the popular boy in school, and she's like, she's like the girl that's just like, okay, this is what table that you sit at. This is what you wear. Don't have sex with that guy because he's a jerk. Yeah, blah blah blah. I've already fucked him. And it's like there's literally children fucking dying. Like, and I get that you can say that anywhere, but like this is literally a war zone. They're literally. Like, fuck you guys. Like, within city limits. Yeah. Within a block. Yeah. And, like, you know, I mean, there's a terrorist attack across New York. Everybody, like, chills for a minute and is like, what the fuck? And there's, like, like, way more spoils and ruins happening right outside of their camp. And they're, like, getting drunk. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, a, yeah, it's a mess. And it's just like, and it seems like from minute one, everyone's talking about fucking like when she meets, um, Billy Bob Thornton, he's just like, Hey, don't fuck any of my soldiers. And I'm just sitting here just like, what? Like, and like, that's the thing. A lot of interactions with her are like about fucking when they meet her or about like sex or like bodies. And, and I'm just like, why is everyone talking to her like this? Am I going insane? And it was weird because <laughs> some of the subtext was like, you're one of the only women here you know and then and and like uh and if they, i felt like they could have done that conversation in an intelligent way yeah. that didn't feel so annoying like they mm-hmm. that is a real thing they could have talked about like you are one of the only women here so there is going to be a certain amount of a like there's going to be gender discrimination possibly or on the opposite you might be treated really well like let's talk about that but instead it was just like who's gonna fuck and i was like okay well never mind yeah yeah it was just very much like i was you know and it made me for a split second i was thinking about sex in the city too oh i was absolutely (laughs) thinking about that movie especially in that the well scene because i thought of the scene where sarah jessica parker goes in (laughs) and i was like wow the sex in the city movie was somehow more progressive with this because at least those women had got like to talk and voices. yeah they had they, things they to were say. characters they yeah. were people and then, like what a low bar i feel yeah no. yeah it was yeah we talk and about how there are no actual actual texts about war sorry i cut into you i just that's, that's like right. i'm like this and like the sex in the city movie somehow humanized women abroad more anyways yeah yeah but there the and that big, was a horrible movie building on that there are no afghan they're afghan characters 
Yes, there are no Afghan men. actors. Okay, yeah, so can we? No, okay, yeah. so finally, I have I have gotten my moment to talk about Christopher Abbott. Christopher oh. Abbott in this film plays a character named Fahim Ahmadzai, and Christopher Abbott is Marnie's boyfriend, Charlie from Girls. Like, there's just really no getting around it. If you haven't seen Girls, imagine Kit Harrington but sadder. Yes. That's oh, that yes! is. So on point. Yeah. And like, I. This guy's playing an Afghan. And like, this guy, like, I I checked his lineage, okay? He is Portuguese and Italian. That is white and white. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yes, but it's swarthy white. Straight up brown face, like, without the makeup. They, like, put, like, headdress and, like. Oh, yeah, they're just covering him up in hair. Yeah, Yeah, no, it's, it's gross. I didn't realize that. And then I was looking up who was playing whom. Yeah, um, you know, I don't whoa. want to assume someone's. And, like, and he's supposed to be the voice of reason. And it's like it's yeah. also weird that he's of in he this. Has an accent, obviously. Oh yeah, his, feels um, gross his accent is horrendous. But like, what's what's really weird about this is that this is the guy who left Girls because of creative differences with Lena Dunham. What were they? Because I mean, <laughs> he's doing this. <laughs> what the <Ooh>. fuck? <laughs> yes. Just doesn't oh, make any yes. sense. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, he's a critically acclaimed Sundance darling now. So He'll I'm be sure, fine. I'm sure that he pretends like this movie doesn't exist, but I remember Christopher Abbott. I really do. I'll always remember. But yeah. Keep I mean, living your actor's dream. I mean, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge problem. And then, of course, we've got Alfred Molina in here playing. As the president play, of. Playing Ali Masood Sadiq. And like I get, like, this is very much like a. Are you vaguely European? Sure, European isn't what this is, but sure. Like you're kind of going on with the casting. Yeah. It's kinda of, it's kinda of like when they put like there comes like putting like British people in like Middle Eastern and like African films and they're just like all speaking in a British accent and it's just like this is that's over there. Well, We're over kind of, here. There's like this weird like it's like another form of colonialism within the, uh, there's just so much. I, I don't even, even the people to... that we've colonized are represented by the colonizers. Yeah. Yeah. And in a movie yeah. that's, there's just so many levels of fuckery. I'm sorry. I'm not uh, Jesus, articulating I mean, it very At what yeah. point do we start calling Afghanistan a colony of the United States of America? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's weird. Yeah. It's not we're not there enough. helping. Like, uh, <laughs> we're, we are there as, as a police force. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we are the, a main governing body in it. And it's, it's been that way for a long time. And um, I want to correct that Sheila Vand, I said Indian earlier, she is Middle Eastern and she is really the only main character who is Middle Eastern. And I don't even remember anything that she's, she did or said in, aside yeah, from that one scene. two scenes and they're both drinking scenes where Margot Robbie is basically like trying to boost Tina Fey's ego or welcome her. And then Sheila Vand is there and like, She's cool. She's great. She, but I, but she lo- I like t- her. I like. Yeah. I want to see other stuff with awesome. her in it. I still haven't seen a girl walks home alone. At oh, night. She, oh, fuck. She's in that. Yeah, yeah. she's fucking good in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, she. Yeah. You know, she gets two scenes. I'm like, man. I. It certainly wouldn't have fixed this movie. But if she actually had a, a main role, that would be amazing because it is. It's just about white ladies. Like, well, it's about mm-hmm. Tina Fey. Like. I don't know, feeling cool and brave as a journalist, like, like while people are dying, like Jesus like Christ, if, like read the room. <laughs> it's like if Martin Sheen's character in Apocalypse Now just 
decided to spend his time looking for Colonel Kurtz, getting laid and doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. But like, if he actually it's, became the Dennis Hopper character. Yeah. It, it, what's What's really annoying about this character is because is that she has so far to go, and she really doesn't make it there. Like when she shows up, she's const she's upset because she can't find the shower, and she almost considers leaving because she can't find the shower or like a place to pee. Oh, like yeah. all of her problems like, are her so small. Is, like, like on like she i'm like you're a fucking journalist and you like this is your priority like i've been Traveling on camping trips big, that are a, more of a pain in the ass than like you're you know like I, just, if you can't handle travel then why are you a journalist yeah it's, yeah like, yeah. And, yeah. yeah she like skypes her boyfriend after she first arrived she's like i don't know if i can do this and like, it's like what have you you've done still, anything like, she yet has food, like she's fine she's protected all there's she had men done were hired to protect her all she had done at that point was like bother Christopher Abbott and like bother Sterling K. Brown. Really, she just bothers people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it, it, it's this is really a getting this really is a white woman getting her groove back in the war movie, and it's so weird because oh, you know. Sorry. Cause like, cause like recently I did like a call on Twitter where I was like, Hey, what kind of movies do you want me to do? And like, somebody said something about like under the Tuscan sun. And I'm just like, you know what? Going to Europe and getting your groove back is perfectly fine. Yes. <laughs> like compared yes. to this, it's perfectly fine. Sure. What's why wrong not? with going to Afghanistan and getting your groove back? Yeah. yeah go to, people yeah, are go dying. To like, <laughs> yeah. Don't go mm. where we've been killing people. Like, I mean, it actually made me think of, there's this video I saw about a month and a half ago. There's a sequel where she goes to Syria. Of an activist <laughs> who was in Puerto Rico. And it was a video that she took and she was showing um, basically a, a space where there was supposed to be aid from the, from the mainland. Um, and there were a bunch of people sent there like from FEMA that were drinking and like hanging out. And she, she had this video and she was like, this is what people are doing here. Just want you to know a lot of the people who are supposed to be working aren't helping. And then there's us who are, who are here trying to help. And so this movie made me think of that. <laughs> Except yeah. this movie is like glorifying that at adi- that like really disgusting attitude of, like disaster, not disaster porn. Even it's just like, like exoticizing another place. Yeah, it's, it's like imperialism. It's yeah, like, it's imperialism. Like that's it's just yeah. Sorry, you you could. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, this movie. This just, is like some young British lady just going to Calcutta during the Raj and discovering the wondrous lands there. And oh she never my god! Yeah. Remember Ooh, when everybody wanted? Good. Remember when every white woman just wanted like a shake? Like, <laughs> like they were constantly talking about shakes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like that. Yeah. Um. So uh, we should probably talk a little bit about the romance part of this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. We're, it's a romance podcast, isn't it? Yes. Well, <laughs> the romantic partner that they decided to give <clears throat> to her is Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. A, an, an English person who is doing a Scottish accent. He's doing the fuck out of a Scottish accent. He's doing like an Animaniac Scottish <laughs> accent. I feel like the whole time he's nudging me like, eh, I'm Scottish. It's like, like, does he not like Scottish people? Because that's really what came off. Like, (laughs) I felt like he hated being there. Like, I've like his characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like his character is supposed to be, 
you know, lovable asshole or whatever. I just thought he was an asshole. But well, um, Martin Freeman is an asshole in real life and a sexist, well, like that, a big sexist. His yeah. assholeness came through to me. <laughs> it, it like I felt like he didn't want to be there, which I don't like. That is something. Yeah, you shouldn't want to be in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he just his his character was snide, but his acting felt snide too. Yeah, everything about it. Like I just hated it. Like he just like showed up and he's just like, yes, I've seen a Billy Connolly movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And I'm yes. just like, dude, you're like, like it's the United Kingdom. Well, I guess not now cuz I don't I don't know how I don't know how Brexit works. Um uh no one knows how Brexit works. Um, yeah. <laughs> the people who voted for Brexit don't know how Brexit that works. I mean, it's like so true. It's like you're from up there, like Scotland's up there. You you've worked with other Scottish people, right? Like there's other like this is rude. Like this is just rude. Like I would be mad if um, I was Scottish. Yeah. And and if he was an American <laughs> yeah, the- doing that accent, I feel like I feel like. <laughs> Hopefully, directors would. Well, you know what? No, they would. I think I think Scottish obviously. people would prefer it if Americans did Scottish accents. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there, the, the number of Scottish actors who have had to, you know, put on fake English ones to get more work in like British TV is long and storied. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you could. There's easily a whole talk in here about Scotland essentially as a colonized nation that has been colonized for the last 400 years. But that's I don't want to open up the can of worms in that. But right. Yeah. Well, I mean, open up whatever can of better worms Scottish you want. representation. This, better yeah, Scottish. This is, represent- is what needs to happen now. This, is, this yes. is the most important thing. Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Let's talk. Like <laughs> it, he's just OK. So he's supposed to be a dick. And it's just like. He's supposed to be like, well, he's supposed to be, uh, what, what's a more classic term? He's supposed to be a rake. Like, it's, that's clear that's like that what he's going, oh, yeah. that's what he's going I mean, for. Margot Robbie, before he's introduced on screen, Margot Robbie says to Tina Fey, one of the many times she talks about who Tina Fey should and should not shag, she goes, like, it's before they meet with Sheila Vant and Martin Freeman and, and Margot Robbie is like, whatever you do, don't sleep with Ian, which is Martin's name in the movie. Uh, because you know he's an asshole, and then so that's that sets the stage, and then he mm-hmm. he rolls in, and the first thing he says is um, something really sexist and shitty to Tina Fey. It's basically like, oh, because she's sitting with Margot and Sheila. He's like, wow, you found the two women, the only two women, like in the country to sit near that remind us that you're just okay looking. Whoa. Yeah, and there like, I mean there's jokes throughout I the, forgot that line. There's jokes throughout the whole again, very Tina Fey, there's jokes throughout the whole movie about her like not being that attractive. Which oh my I'm god, there's like, Tina Fey. Yeah, I'm like, not so, that attractive. I'm like, fucking kill me. Okay, so once <laughs> like, again, here's <laughs> we are we have entered another edition of what are white people talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this happens a lot on this, especially with rom like, like, what? No, we, we need, not only do we need a theme song, we need a little thing, we need a little music for that, because because once again, what are white people talking about here? Because um, as far as I know, it's two gorgeous women that are like, I don't know, like a decade apart, and they have different hair colors, and like, what are we doing? Like, who cares? Like, they're both pretty. <laughs> like, I, I get, and like, this is Tina Fey's whole thing, because she used to be chubby or something and i guess that was like a that was like a wider known opinion because i met 
like some industry people and we were like talking that's not a brag it just happened um when i was in grad school and they were just talking about how like oh yeah tina fey overcompensates because she used to be chubby and i was like is this really how people talk about her this is fu- this is some Jesus. this is some high level white shit like i don't understand so shitty. um like i've seen older pictures of her she looked fine she just has lost weight and like yeah, you know, and figured out how to do her on hair TV all the time. And then she like being moisturizes on TV as this more whole, like, body dysmorphia. Like yeah. all she does now is like wear makeup and like yeah, like, she probably has like retinol she puts on at night and like eight hundred dollar lotion. Yeah, it's like all the women in Manhattan. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it's such a weird thing that like uh, I know that she approves of this kind of thing. Like, it's like, that's the joke. Like, I'm not like I used to be not pretty and like I'm still not pretty kind of. And it's like no one believes that. Stop it. Like, well, it's also like I'm just your average person. It's like frustrating because it's just like people like I don't know. I, I don't know why she does it, I guess. I don't understand because like people think she's attractive. She is attractive, but she's also known for being a comedian. Just be yourself. Like get like we don't need you to win us over either way. I feel yeah. like she's doing this thing where she's always like proving that she's hot, but then like I'm not hot. And I'm like, what are you doing? Look, I saw the like, poster for look at the poster for the movie that she did with Steve Carell, Date Night. If you don't look at that poster and think Tina Fey is hot, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah, it, I think that goes back to what you were saying, Jordan, about the high school of yeah, the high oh, school yeah. arc because it feels like she's trying to be an underdog, but she's also like, "Fuck you, I'm not an underdog." Uh, <laughs> in another way, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Tina Fey is like 47. Margot Robbie is oh, Margot Robbie's 27. Okay, so two decades apart, they still seemed fine. Like it didn't seem weird to watch them hang out together. Like, no. they seemed like peers. Yeah. Like, two yeah. decades of... Like, like They're both adults and, I don't know. They had they, chemistry? Yeah. They I did. They, chemistry. they did. I thought that they I thought that they were good. It's sad that, you know, you know they were, you know, like, partying on the bodies of the dead. Um, <laughs> but, like, they, they... Yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie, I can't... I've never seen a bad Margot Robbie performance, and I've always seen her, like... I feel like Margot Robbie could have like chemistry with a folding chair. Oh yeah, no, she, I mean she's just dynamite. She's just a dynamite she's, actress. Yeah, and and Agreed. Tina Fey was like playing a role that is Tina Fey. You know, I mean she had power in this, so it, it makes this. Oh yeah, so we should talk about her role a little bit. So her role is essentially to she wants stories and she wants that adrenaline and she's like an asshole. Like there's a really interesting scene where um. Where Christopher, where Christopher Abbott is like, you know what? You put my life in danger. I'm done. I'm not your driver anymore. And she's just like, no, no, I, I no, I totally understand. I learned my lesson. And he's just like, no, I, I don't really think you did. It, it's more <laughs> than that. He has this whole story where um, he says that he treated um, recovering opium addicts because you know Afghanistan opium. Mm. I guess that makes sense if you're writing it. Um, but he describes you know the face of the movie that danger is like a drug that you can get addicted to it and then she he essentially calls her an addict and then dumps her essentially yeah yeah it is kind of like which a would breakup be great scene. if it was actually given to an afghan oh yeah, yeah. That, i had I, my problem with his character was that i actually liked his character like he was one of the only characters 
in the movie that I was like, okay, you're not a complete piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it sucked that it was played by like this white American dude. Yeah. Yeah. That was my, that was my thing. I was just like, this is the character that I'm supposed to like. And like, I just couldn't forget like, just like, I just couldn't stop seeing Marnie. I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop seeing her face. That is. Yeah. Um, um you know what movie I thought of when I watched this? Good morning, Vietnam. A similar kind of project, um, Robin Williams, 80s, also about a war that had been, it was like really etched into the minds of, you know, the American populace, and also a comedy. And it's also about a civilian in a military setting um, trying to have fun. But, you know, the fun has a purpose. It has like a, it has a morale boosting thing. And he actually interacts with, um, with characters, uh, Vietnamese characters. Um, I think the actors were Vietnamese or, or if not, definitely, you know, Southeast Asian. And it was one of the first Hollywood movies to actually talk about um, the people of Vietnam as, you know, people. <sighs> yeah. And I just wish they could have had an opportunity here and they, they fucked it. Yeah, because I, I think that's a good example of, like, it's not that you can't do a movie about this. That's, like, it's not that you can't make a movie about Afghanistan that isn't purely a documentary or a really, really depressing drama, mm-hmm. but you, it, it has to, there's a big responsibility still, even if you're trying to make it funny or you're trying to bring out the humanity in a lighter way. Yeah. And like you said, that it failed. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and when it fails, it feels hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, how heartless are we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I mean, this is this is essentially about a movie where a woman finds herself because she's like getting high on war. And it's even weirder because getting high on war, she's getting high on war. And and it's like in the scenes where she's like fucking Martin Freeman and like making out with him and stuff. It just seems weird because it's just like, oh, yeah, we just were really in this whole war thing. That was hot. They treat it like summer. <laughs> yeah, no, they treat it like summer camp. Oh yeah, it's just like summer it's camp. It's like we're going to. It's like weird. Like, Everyone got their buddies, right? Like, okay, we're gonna go to. Oh yeah, it's actually a death camp for everyone else, but for us, it's like a fun. Like, and I mean, they call they're in Kabul, but they call their military little hideout uh, Kabubble because you know they they do drugs and drink and do all these things that are illegal um, and don't get in trouble. Um, and it's like mm-hmm. you know very. It's weird because this movie is aware of its white privilege and its Western privilege, but it also just doesn't care. Yeah, it just doesn't like, do anything about it. It's like, oh, yeah, it. we'll, like, throw out some lines to let you know that we're aware, but, like, also, like, you're on board, right? And I'm like, god damn it. Yeah, like, isn't it? Isn't our privilege cute? Like, I mean, that's, and that's my Sorry, general. not sorry, the movie. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, and that's generally my thing with Tina Fey. Like, I don't think that she's the devil. I don't think that anybody should waste a lot of time. I generally feel like we spend too much time on the internet yelling at white women for making mistakes that, like, a lot of white women make. Like, when we could just, like, be contextualizing it in the larger cultural conversation. Um, But maybe I'm just, you know, a nerd. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but, yeah, like, um, my main issue with her, I just don't fuck with her. Like, I don't, like, I don't have anything mean to say about her. I just don't fuck with her. And it's usually because she knows that she has privilege. She's aware of it. She lampshades it. And then she does nothing. She has no response to it. And that's my issue. That, and that's my whole issue with, like, almost everything that she's ever done. <laughs> I, I get bummed because, like, 
it, it, it's very much the Tyra Banks, like America's Next Top Model. Like I was rooting for you. Like that's my feeling, you know, because yeah. I did. I grew up like always thinking she was funny. I still think she's funny and good. And that's why I get so bummed because I'm like, you're smart enough to not do this. Like with Amy Schumer, uh, we were talking about it earlier. I don't mm-hmm. f- I'm not saying she's not smart, but I've never felt like Amy Schumer had stuff that I wanted uh, to succeed. Not that I want her to fail, but with Tina Fey, it bums me out more because I'm like, oh, there are certain things about your humor that I think are really great. And you have made stuff I really love. So it really sucks that you're not like stepping up in the way that I know you can. Yeah. Like you are aware enough, but you just don't seem to give a shit. Like it it feels like a little bratty. Yeah. It's, it's super bratty and it's (laughs) high school. Yeah. And I mean, it's also just like, well, when I was in, when I was an undergrad, you know, I wanted to write comedy. I wanted to be on SNL. Like I still want to write comedy. I no longer want to be on SNL. I don't need to be there. Um, but uh, I would talk about it and I would like write short scripts and things. And, you know, like my professors decided that it would be really cute to like refer to me as the next Tina Fey or the black Tina Fey. And it just, like, oh man, <laughs> this just like whirling resent, like, cause it's just like, I actually like wrote stuff about like being black and like being a woman. And like, I was yeah. actually like talking and it's just like, what she does is different. And it's not that it's better or worse. It's just that like what I did had nothing to do with her, but I think because of who she is and because of like all of the barriers that she was able to break through, at least at that time, like it's different now because more people are breaking out. But at the time it was like, she was the only person that anyone could compare me to because no, cause they couldn't think of anyone else who was doing what she was doing at that time. So. And, and it does. And, and it, I don't know. I, I, I personally get offended. Maybe offended might be a strong word because I know it's just a thing people do. But when they have to compare you to someone who exists and they can't just say you're going to be you're a great writer and I see a future. They have to compare you to like one of the few female comedy writers out there. Right. Um, I don't know. That just annoys. That annoys me. It it really annoys me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would use the opportunity to talk about Diablo Cody usually. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody, and and it was around the time that like everybody had decided, oh yeah, Diablo Cody sucks. And it's like, no, she doesn't. She just made one movie that you didn't like. Calm down. Like, let's all chill out. Let's not pretend that young adult isn't brilliant because it is. Um, which is why we'll never be doing it on that show. And also because young adult really isn't, well, it's kind of a romance between Shirley Theron and Patton Oswalt. It's <laughs> it kind of, yeah. yeah, that's weird. That sentence. I'm surprised. I'm going to let that sink. I'm surprised <laughs> that that worked. I really am. I love that movie. I haven't seen that one. So I what? Yeah. We should watch it together. Okay. Man, we it's should watch it together. We don't have to do it for the podcast. It's fucking uncomfortable. I haven't seen it. Oh yeah! Oh, okay, you, so, so we you can all watch it. And so then, you sure. all didn't get to see Shirley's Theron I, have sex with Patton Oswalt. No, which honestly, no. I missed this. That's been on my Pornhub doc for a while. So I, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't want to see Patton Oswalt have sex with anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he, no, I'm I sure he's a lovely guy. I understand what you mean. Like, that's not why he, you like he him. He reminds me too much of me. I just oh, don't want to. You don't want to watch yourself have Kyle, <laughs> honey, <laughs> honey, you could compare yourself to literally every white guy <laughs> i can't every keep doughy white guy yes everyone and i'm just like what are you <sighs> all right all right they honey. look the way i feel okay i'm they sorry look the way you feel that oh. is... wow this uh, movie actually looks really good <laughs> yeah, enough about my body dysmorphia um uh yeah I afghanistan mean, on, yeah um, we, 
we touched on body dysmorphia, so it's relevant. You know, uh, talk, yeah. On the Tina Fey. Uh, Mm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and and the reason why it's discussing this film is getting away from us is because like it's weird. A lot of stuff happens in Whiskey Tango Foxtrot and none of it really matters. And I think that that's the problem. Because yeah. like it's just like a lot of lines of just like a lot of inconsequential conversations. Like at some point, like I think Martin Freeman says, "I could have anyone." And I'm just like, "Could you?" <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I don't Martin know. Freeman. Yeah, I don't get it. And like, I, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I've seen Night Watching. I've seen what he's packing. I don't know. I don't like, know. I'm like, dude. Like, you. Like, first of all, you don't actually inter like interact with anyone who lives there. You know, you only interact with like these twenty people. So like, there's actually just Margot Robbie and and Sheila Vant and and uh, Tina Fey. Yeah, and a like, bunch of other nameless, you know, barbarian hordesmen yeah. that you're supposed to be ruling or yeah, protecting no, exactly. or like, whatever. Since you're not actually interacting with anybody from Afghanistan. This should this besides, movie sh- like the two that are working with the, the military. Yeah, this and movie should be on a double feature with some like cinema verite movie shot in Afghanistan by an Afghan filmmaker about falconry or some shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Without oh, yeah. an American in sight. <laughs> you know, we forgot to talk about, we forgot to talk about um, Alfred Molina. Um, you know, he's the president and he has oh. a crush on Tina Alfred Bay. Molina. I love him as an actor. He has made a career out of playing non-white he, he people. He plays like, it's almost like he's like supposed to be, he's not a Taliban leader, but he's like supposed to be connected and and also acts like he's getting friend zoned by Tina Fey. I can't believe this is a sentence that's coming <laughs> okay, out of my mouth. Yeah, okay, and here's the thing. Um, and, and when you mentioned, because I did not know this, when you mentioned that there was no like dating stories or like no main dating story in the book, I got furious. It was like all on the inside though. Nope, I oh, didn't yeah. growl on the podcast, but I got furious because not only did they manufacture this love story with this fucking human bagpipe. <laughs> They also oh, I love you. had the okay. nerve. <laughs> All right, you take the low road. I'll take the high. You'll keep Scotland before me. He, they had the nerve to create this stupid plot where this guy who lives in a who who lives in Afghanistan just can't help but want this this white woman. He just can't. He just can't help it. I just I'm just so angry because it just doesn't make any sense. Like and also movie. If you're going to be sexualizing her and then calling her ugly at the same time, stop negging her movie. Is she sexy or is she not sexy? Make up your mind. <laughs> I I read that whole subplot as him trying to seduce her to get her to forget about his ties to the Taliban. <laughs> Just, you know, seduce the Taliban away. This this white why this one why this white woman and because I, I she's think, the one who asked him the question <laughs> yeah and I think like what you were saying about it sexualizing her but then also pretending like that she's ugly at the same time I think that and and this is a big leap for me to say so Tina Fey if you hear this please feel free to correct me uh, but I think that's her it's like the movie's like no you're hot but Tina Fey's like don't worry guys I know I I'm not don't worry don't come for me. <laughs> like I feel like that's the tone there. It's just like it's, I, you think know, that but. Tina Fey's like into like she just like can't say that she's hot. Like I'm sure that her husband tells her that she's hot. Maybe we. Need I to think like she give probably her- knows she's hot, but she doesn't say it because she hated people who thought that who knew that they were hot when she was like in high school. Like I honestly think it's that. Like she's mm-hmm. like I well I can't be like any of those people that were mean to me once you know twenty oh. thirty years ago. Oh my god. 
I don't. I'm reading in deep. I don't. Yeah, it no, might no, not no, be no, that no, deep, no, no, but no. I see it so consistently in her movies it, that I'm like, I feel like everywhere. she has a thing where she can't just be confident. And like you don't have to be an arrogant, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Like, no one's no. gonna think you're arrogant if you stop self-deprecating. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. So this plot. So I yeah. Mean, so his. I mean, yeah. like a bunch of people die, and because of something that happens, and she gets jealous, and she even yells about it. It's just like people just died, and I'm jealous because they got the scoop. Or so a bomb goes off, <laughs> and Margot Robbie gets injured, but she's reporting. So she basically gets she this- gets footage. She gets footage of an explosion, and then once she's out of the hospital, she has, like, scratches on her face, so it's obvious she was there, and she gets this, you know, killer story, you know, over the bodies of people who died. Mm-hmm. And then Fun. Tina Fey's jealous because she hasn't had a hot scoop on the bloodshed in, you know, weeks. Um, you know, yeah. not to not to disparage, you know, the journalistic profession. They are very important. I believe in the free press. But this movie makes... War journalism look like war profiteering. Yep. Yeah, it does. <laughs> like it makes it look like a power play between. It, it's just, really gross, and I'm not saying that's yep. not yeah. a thing that happens, but it's it <sighs> makes it seem like that's okay and that's just how it is and that's how it should be. Like what the, what networks will make the most money on these dead bodies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took a I took a photogra- photography class in grad school, and we talked about. Um, there was a famous photo from the 80s of some a photographer getting a photo of a young African boy who was, you know, skinny, starving, all all bones, and he got this iconic shot of a boy lying on the ground and like in the fetal position with a vulture nearby. What the fuck? Yeah. Wow. And he got awards for it and it made his career and uh, there was a movie made out out of it and um Examining, you know, the implications of that. So there, this is an actual ethical dilemma. This is something that journalists yeah. have to deal with. I mean, at what point are you part of the story, and what at what point can you no longer be an observer? Yeah. And what? How much does your? How much do your actions and, affect? And will your platform actually help? Like, where where are yes. the lines? Are Which you is not brought up in this movie. Yeah, and again, like that's the thing is, this movie has so many. There are so many nuanced, interesting <coughs> topics that it could have dove into. And again, I know the tone <coughs> is not meant to be a serious tone, but it could have dealt with those things. Like the people involved are smart enough. One would hope, <sighs> right? Yeah, um, I mean, man, if I, I, I wonder what Margot Robbie would have done different if she'd written the script. I feel like she would have done it better. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We didn't even mention that Margot Robbie has like a British accent in this movie, but her accent's great. It's fine. I had no issue with it. Did anyone else? No. No. Yeah. No. She was good. Like, I mean, she's Australian, so I mean, I it, that's close. I assume Australians like are generally good at accents. I've heard a lot of like just. At least the Australians who make it over to Hollywood. Australians are really <clears throat> taking over Hollywood. We need to watch out for them. They're everywhere. Taking our jobs. Taking kidding, our jobs. Hollywood. They'll come a waltzing Matilda with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, basically after she talks to Margot Robbie, she finds out that um, she one of her stories got a guy transferred. And when he got transferred, his legs got blown off. And then she's got guilt about that. Um, which culminates in the end. But before we get to that, um, there's I like also how the only one who actually gave a shit about the history of Afghanistan was the one soldier at that, the end that who got his one legs white off. guy. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Was he's the only one who actually like mentions the real shit that's happening. He's like, well, you know, like <laughs> this wouldn't be happening if we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, 
I wouldn't have yeah. been injured if we hadn't started this shit. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I yeah. mention one joke that I thought was actually kind of decent? Okay, go for uh, it. There's some. There was a bit where um, a local Afghan man walks up to a soldier, uh, a black soldier, and asks him a question, and the translator says, "Ask him if he's Russian." And the the guy says, "No, I, I'm yeah. American." And then, and he goes, "But I could have sworn I thought you." Yeah. And then, like, there's this whole like misunderstanding. He thinks they're the Soviets back. Uh, <laughs> another occasion, and he just goes back to his friends, and you hear him say. The Russians are black now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty funny. I like yeah. that. I um, mean, yeah, good. Sterling, good yeah, Sterling, good yeah. Use Sterling, Sterling K. K. Brown, Brown was in it, but like totally wasted. Like he was yeah. only there. I mean, he's a great actor and he was only in like five minutes. I love, yeah, I love Sterling K. Brown was sad to see him go. I wanted more of him. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, basically what happens is, is that she blackmails Alfred Molina. Um, well, oh, what happens is uh, the bagpipe gets <laughs> gets kidnapped. Um, it gets kidnapped and she's upset because she wants it back. She wants to play it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm forever going to call Martin Freeman uh, a bagpipe now. It's the best. And... <laughs> So, I'm imagining her whistling Scotland forever. <laughs> Scotland the brave into it. And so she so she so she blackmails Alfred Molina and they just do a whole fucking raid and like It's it's a romantic montage. It's a romantic montage raid as a raid. Like it's got like a it's got like a nice song in the back. I don't remember what song it was, but it was like playing like this like love song. I can't live without you, was that it? I, yes, yes, that was playing. I can't live living is without you. I was so mad. Like Over as, this fucking raid. Like I as was the like na- folding laundry. I couldn't just sit down. I, I couldn't I Just as people were being shot in the head while they were asleep. And yeah. Just, yeah. 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 But you know, Tina Fey's gotta go get her, you know, annoying bagpipe that she's <laughs> fucked like three times. Get her Nessie. Um, <laughs> Yeah. What, other Scottish, what other Scottish jokes can we have? the whites get out safe while um, the others die. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, gets, gets him out, and then she decides that she's going to go back to America, and she's just like, are you coming or not? And they have a moment that should be heartfelt, but it isn't, and the dog is in the, dog is in the recording area now. <laughs> um, and then... Um, <laughs> Hi, dog. Hi, dog. What do you think of Martin Freeman's performance? <laughs> and then uh, what happens next? Um, so she goes back and she takes a tour of the heartland America. <laughs> she... I... Yeah. Ooh, that was that was something out of a Nicholas Sparks movie. What the <laughs> fuck was happening with that? Rolling green fields. Just... Should we... <laughs> Well, she's, like, complaining, like, when she first gets to Afghanistan, she's, like, complaining about how she's only done stories in America, like, domestic stuff. And, like, so I feel like she comes back and she's like, now I can see America for what it is. A rolling green land, heaven on earth, what we fight for. 
Like, but I'll always have Afghanistan. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of propaganda is this? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, and and I'll that- always have the place that we occupy. Like, <laughs> oh, you know how in Casablanca, you know that scene in Casablanca where Ilsa like turns to Victor Laszlo and says, oh God, the Nazis are after us. We could die. We could end up in a concentration camp. I am so hot. Take me now, Victor Laszlo. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart can join too. Just remember that scene in Casablanca that totally happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> um, Just, ah. and so the in the film ends with her and Martin Freeman like flirting during the commercials of a news broadcast. <laughs> yeah, I because that's what this movie was about. I don't know, guys. It's just. Also, Radiohead plays at one point during this movie, and I don't know why that cracked me up. Like, I was, that took me out of it. I, I was that, dead. that took yes, I remember it too. That dead. took me out as well. I was like, really? Like, like mo- during most of the movie, they have music, um, like wordless music that I don't know. I like I don't know who is playing. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's not it's not a movie that relies on a soundtrack with a bunch of hits, you know, um, which is probably good. Uh, because of what it's dealing with. So when they put Radiohead in there, I I didn't know what to do with myself. They also had like they also had like that's that that song where they they had some like like nineties party jam that I can't think of the name of too <laughs> that they played multiple times. But yeah, yeah, Radiohead was weird. Um I Can't Live was weird. Um it, you know, this the, the problem with this film is that it's set up like um a woman gets a groove back and finds a man story and like then like spends very little time on the underdevelops the romance, but somehow underdevelops her, her car- also cr- her, like her, yeah her career, career yeah. as well, and then just like ends on like a little like adorable like <laughs> like joke, and I'm just like what. What did we learn? Tee hee hee. Let's get coffee later and yeah. just reminisce. I, I felt like it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. It thought it needed romance to get people to pay attention, um, but it didn't do the romance well. And then it really didn't do anything about war journalism well. Like it made her seem more again. It it, it made her seem like she was just high off of this summer camp experience. And then mm-hmm. she's also competing with Margot Robbie for having the best story. And I don't know. And I'm not yeah. saying that there aren't like. I'm not saying that's not a thing that could happen. That's the problem is it probably is, but it just, it was gross. Yeah. And like it's it made also, you, it, like you almost felt like it was supposed to make you want to go there. Yeah. Like, like, it's like, like don't I'm you like, want to oh, go well, there like, and like find yourself and like you learn know? how to binge drink? Like if you what? didn't learn that in college, like, yeah, it's, it's very weird. It also just like the, the relationship that she has with her bagpipe is not sustainable. Yeah, they don't actually like you don't see there's Martin no com- Freeman's relationship with his own accent like, isn't sustainable. They Yeah, they don't there's no moment where you're like, "Oh yeah, this is why they're with each other." It's just like they're around each other enough and then other people die and then they fuck. 
Like that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And you get the feeling that he would be like easily distracted if there was someone else who wanted to fuck him. Oh, in he's the totally got wandering eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he tells her like I could have other women yeah, while they're on a military base. I don't understand. It's like she really wanted, I guess she like for, I guess we're supposed to believe that this bagpipe is like the hottest one ever and that like specifically the hottest guy that she's ever been with which is on the same level as her ex this is the guy who played the original jim in the uk office he's supposed to look at nobody looks at john krasinski and is just like "Mm, yum you look at john krasinski and you think that is a stable man that you can marry yeah and like (laughs) <laughs> mm, yum. Mm. <laughs> don't speak for me, Jordan. <laughs> oh, you think that John Krasinski is yum? No, I don't think I he's mean, yum. I mean, good but for him that he got Emily Blunt. But like, that was wow. Right. Good job. I mean, That's no. his best work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots fired. Whoa. Shots fired. I love it. Actually, didn't he do a war movie recently? Wasn't he in that Benghazi movie? Yes, he was. Bay? He was in that Michael Bay. That is 13. just everyone from The Office going to turn into this war movie action hero well, eventually? Well, he's like, he's going to be from like. From every version of The Office? He's, so he's going to be like the new, um, God, what's the, he's going to be the new like Jake Ryan, Jack Ryan. Really? Yeah. Like on like a, I think it's like an Amazon show. Okay, like so, a, okay, wait. Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Ben Affleck, John Krasinski. Yeah. These he, four men have played the same character. He, what? He also directed a horror movie that's coming out this year. So we're going to, if that's, if that's good, I'll take it back. I don't dislike him. I just think that like Emily Blunt is a, like a, like I'm impressed by her in a way that I'm not by him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's more of a compliment to her. <laughs> yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> just so. She's going to be I mean, Mary Poppins. Guys, just, I don't, if you're listening to this, just don't, I mean, you know what, this isn't, you can watch it. Like, the only reason I would tell people to watch this is because, luckily, there aren't a lot of movies like it. (laughs) It is unique. Uh, Yeah. It is unique in the ways that it makes me mad. I mean, there's a lot of racist movies, there's a lot of movies that are very, like, imperialist or make the oppressors look like your buddies, you know, Um, or, like, show a mirror to what America does and, and say, doesn't that look nice? But this movie, like the way that it tries to do that, it made me side with the Taliban. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's bad. Also, um, (laughs) I don't have, I don't have a recommendation like in terms of related to this, but I actually did think of something that I really like John Krasinski in. And so that's going to be my recommendation because this is where my brain is. Um, (laughs) It is a film called Away We Go. It's actually, it actually is a rom-com. It's a rom-com with him and well, kind of like a comedy drama with him and Maya Rudolph and Maya Rudolph gets pregnant. And it's a film about them trying to find a place like the best place to raise the baby. Like if we could raise it anywhere where, and like, it's a really good fucking movie. (laughs) I really liked that one. Yeah. 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 And I love Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Maya so Rudolph is great. And I wish she was in, in more films yeah, like why that. Is, I mean, maybe that's her choice, but also just put her in things. Oh my everywhere. God. There's a great scene with her and her sister, like in the bathtub, just like talking about their family history and stuff. And like, it's, 
yeah, that's a good. I like movie. how we're not talking about Whiskey Tango Fox Trot anymore. Yeah, that, I'm I mean, happy now. Watch, watch Jordan and I do this almost. Watch every away time. we go. Like, by watch away we we're go. Just, like we're so upset at whatever it is, or we're just drained, and we're just like, so we're yeah. not going to talk about this movie anymore. So we're, yeah, so watch away yeah. we go instead. If you're going to watch this, sure, like <laughs> figure out how to not make a movie. <laughs> it's yeah, a great example of that. A great way to not talk about. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, let's not do this again. So. Um Oh yeah, <sighs> Billy Bob Thornton was in this and we didn't talk oh, about yeah. him at all. Who cares? Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say except he's there. He's there. He was a military type. Yeah, he yep. works in He the mansplained the concept feels, of Urah. Yeah. yeah. He he mansplains to Tina Fey a lot. Yeah. Um which I mean, I don't blame him cuz she's being obnoxious. Um you this know, movie makes me side with mansplainers. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't watch it. Don't watch it. Um, well, this has been great. Um, we will be back next week. Don't don't forget to rate the podcast and to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you know, pay attention to us. Give us attention. Yeah, we really Please. want it. And remember, war. War is lit AF. <laughs> what is it good for? Getting laid. <laughs> oh yeah, and this is and this is Kyle Calgren. He's he's got a he's got a YouTube. He's been on the show a lot, so you know who he is. He's Hi. got a YouTube show. It's called Browse Held High. He's also he's also my boyfriend unit, the current one, <laughs> unit current model unit. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, he does great work. Thank you. You should follow him on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah, subs- maybe maybe a, a story. A follow him. Oh yeah, follow him <laughs> around the story. Uh, yes, our address is. Um, <laughs> they live together. I come here. I can send just DM me. You guys, I'll give you the deets. Uh, <laughs> My social security number is. <laughs> so yeah, we will be back next week. Well, Bronwyn and I will be back. I don't think Kyle will be back next week, but he'll be back eventually. He comes back if the mood. It takes me, you know. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Okay. And, and we uh, we had a, a wonderful thread this week of people giving us suggestions. Um, feel free if you have any suggestions for movies you think we should cover, a bad romance. Um, people really want us to, to do our s- bad romance podcast uh, Twitter and, and give, us, yeah. give us a shout. Yeah. People really want us to do something borrowed, but I haven't seen it. So we'll see. I haven't seen it. Either. Um, we'll see. Okay. See you next week. Bye. Bye. War. (laughs) Say bye, Kyle. Bye.